Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Talking Sports with Evan. A little different episode for me here today. Typically, I'll do, well, the past couple of weeks, I've done a live stream via Twitter or Facebook. But today, just a recorded version and um, a few things to get off my chest or discuss here today. The Bucks are in the second round of the playoffs set to take uh play the Brooklyn Nets starting Saturday, uh, tomorrow for those, you know, the date of the recording is sat- uh, Friday, June 4th, Saturday, June 5th. The Bucks set to take game one against the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. Also going to talk a little bit about WWE, some cuts, some releases that has happened over the past, uh, couple days that I just want to kind of address and wonder what the hell is going on out there to quote Vince Lombardi? And then a couple Packer OTA mini camp discuss, uh, comments that I want to make as well. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Talking Sports with Evan. And I greatly appreciate the, the support that you all who do listen uh, give me each and every week. So first thing I want to discuss is WWE. Um and every year, usually shortly after WrestleMania, and this is a couple months after, they always make some cuts. Occasionally, there's some that make you kind of scratch your head and be like, that's strange. But they made a couple cuts this go around. Uh, just earlier this week, they made some cuts that really make you wonder, what the hell are they doing? Braun Strowman, a guy they've been giving a big push to recently, fought in a main event at a pay-per-view, fought against Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Um, They let him go. Buddy Murphy, who, yeah, they haven't done a whole lot with recently, but he's one of their top performers. Uh, You know, good seller, good in-ring entertainer, does all the little things he wants against top competition. They let him go. And uh, Aleister Black, among Lana and a few others. So Aleister Black, you just gave a big push to, a new gimmick, a new new whatever against Big E. Spent a lot of money basically pushing him with his new uh, storyline, and then you just let him go. So a lot of head scratchers at WWE. You really got to wonder, what are they doing? And then Ruby Riot gets let go. Um, so now two-thirds of the Riot squad are now gone. Liv Morgan is still in WWE, but she was one that was rumored to be let go. She she did wrestle at the most recent SmackDown, so obviously that is not uh, ended up not happening. But Keith Lee, they let Keith Lee go. I don't understand why you let a talent. And yeah, you know, he you gimmick wise, it wasn't the best gimmick, but a talent like Keith Lee, you find a gimmick for. But for some reason, they decide they want to release him too. So I, I know things have been difficult. Things have been hard. You've not been really able to have too much of a live crowd due to COVID. Yes, you had a few thousand, I, I think, what, 20,000 fans at WrestleMania. But overall, you've not really had many fans at all. And you don't, won't have any till next month. But I just don't understand letting those talents go. Guys that you invest a lot of money, a lot of a lot of main event storylines in, and a lot of uh, starts and restarts in Braun Strowman, Keith Lee, Aleister Black, and 
Buddy Murphy, and then also Lana. I, I, I just truly don't understand what the WWE is doing, and it just baffles my mind. Um, are we going to see any of these guys back down the road? Possibly. But it, it, it's just really strange and interesting what they are doing. So, I don't know. AEW just had a great pay-per-view recently. Some great matches. Some great entertainment. And now WWE releases four names amongst a, a bunch of few others that just kind of make you say, huh? So, um, but I'm kind of curious on what they're doing. So, moving on. Milwaukee Bucks sweep the Miami Heat. They get to heat that monkey off their back. They move on to the second round of the NBA playoffs. And their reward for sweeping the Heat, they get the Brooklyn Nets. So the Brooklyn Nets offensively have three of the top scorers the NBA has seen in quite some time. And James Harden and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Three guys that score a ton. And you got to wonder... How are the Bucks going to win this series? Well, the Bucks have a big three, too. Drew Holiday, one of the top defenders in the NBA, has done a great job of being the facilitator of the offense. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the last two MVPs of the NBA, and Chris Middleton. So you, you, you got to wonder. Bucks big three versus Nets big three. Yes, the Nets big three offers more of a scoring punch. But the thing is, outside of the big three of the Nets, what do they really offer? So Giannis this season has averaged 39 points per game this season against the Brooklyn Nets. The Bucks have finished 2-1 and one against the Nets. And in the three games the Bucks have played against the Nets, the big three, Harden, Kyrie, Durant, have not played with each other. In the first game of the series, Kyrie didn't play. It was Durant and Harden. The, the, the Nets get the, a narrow victory in that game. The last two games, James Harden doesn't play. So you got Kyrie and Durant, and the Bucks win both of those games. So yes, this game, this series, you will have all three of those big three. So how do the Bucks win? It's really simple on how the Bucks can win this series. It's going to come down to a couple things. First of all, defense. Can the Bucks make enough stops to shut down the Brooklyn Nets offense. Can they make enough stops? Drew Holiday is an, a, a great defender. Giannis is the most recent defensive player of the year. Chris Middleton is an extremely underrated defensive player, in my opinion. Brooke Lopez is a great defender. P.J. Tucker is outstanding on defense. So you got those guys who I just mentioned. Uh, Pat Connaughton can... Uh, do pretty good on defense, and he can hold his own on defense as well. So the question is, what is the key to victory? Well, I just mentioned the defense. Can the Bucks defense make enough stops to beat the Brooklyn Nets? The other thing is, the Bucks cannot afford to have any scoring droughts. We've seen it this season. The Bucks have scoring droughts. They go for numerous minutes without scoring points, and if you do that against the Brooklyn Nets, they will bury you. And the other thing is, what an, what do the what answer do the Nets have for Giannis? Um, Blake Griffin, he he's not, he he's been completely torched by Giannis numerous times. DeAndre Jordan didn't play 
at all so far in the postseason. He's too slow-footed to slow down Giannis. So the thing with the, the, the success teams have had against the Bucks in the playoffs the last two seasons, the Raptors and the Heat, have been because they can build a wall. They can build a wall to keep Giannis out of the paint. The Brooklyn Nets don't have the body to build a wall to keep Giannis out of the paint. But here's the thing, too. If you're able to limit Giannis in the paint, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, those two are guys that can... <coughs> excuse me. Those two are guys that can light up the scoreboard. Bryn Forbes, another guy that's going to be a key to victory. He nailed a ton of threes in Miami, against Miami in the first round. Uh, uh, Portis is another guy, Bobby Portis, who has done outstanding at times this season. So can the Bucs win? Yes. Will they win? I truly think so. And whoever wins this Brooklyn Nets and this Milwaukee Bucks series, I feel will go on to play for the NBA title. I, just, I don't see how, you know, the Atlanta Hawks don't have the personnel to beat either team. And the Philadelphia 76ers, the Bucks match up well against the 76ers, and the, the, Net, the Nets have too much scoring power against uh, that the 76ers can keep up. So whoever I feel strongly, whoever wins this series between Brooklyn and Milwaukee will go on to the NBA Finals, and I think the Bucks will do it in seven. I think in between game one and two, and I hope it's game one. Between games one and two, the Bucks will steal a victory. I don't see Brooklyn winning in Milwaukee. I really don't. So in reality, I think the Bucks win in five, six, actually. Because there's three games in Milwaukee. I don't see Brooklyn winning in Milwaukee. So I see the Bucks winning this game four games to two. As I think the Bucks are, you know, I, I don't feel they're going to lose in Milwaukee. So ultimately, they got to steal between game one and game two in Brooklyn. And if they can do that, that series is there. And he's in the first round, uh, Coach Budenhauser, he did a great job. Coach Bud did a great job of adjusting and game planning. And he flat out coached Spolstra, the supposed best coach in the NBA. He ran circles around Coach Bootenhoser, Coach Bud last year. Well, this year, Coach Bud ran circles a lot around Spolstra. And now he's going into a series with a first-year head coach in Steve Nash against a team that doesn't play defense. I feel Giannis will completely dominate this series. So Giannis was up and down in the first round. He didn't really stand out a whole lot, and he didn't have to, to be honest, because the Bucks just completely annihilated the Miami Heat. But in this round, you know, the Bucks, uh, Giannis in the regular season averaged 39 points a game against the Brooklyn Nets. I don't see any reason why Giannis doesn't average 30-plus a game this series. He may break 50 at times. But ultimately, this comes down to the bench, and I think the Bucks have the better bench. Forbes, Portis, Teague, I just feel they have the better bench. So I think Bucks in six, I think Philadelphia 76ers in seven, and the Eastern Conference Finals will be between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll see if I'm right. 
I will next week break down at least the first couple games of the series and see if the Bucks are ahead. Hopefully they are. And then a couple quick thoughts on the Packers. Too much is being brought up that the the top four, five wide receivers plus Aaron Rodgers has not been there for OTAs. Yes, I get it. It would be great if they were all there for OTAs. But here's the thing. These are voluntary. Um, mandatory starts next week. We'll see who shows up next week. Will Rodgers show up? Probably not. And here's the thing. It's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean Rodgers is gone. But the, the positive yeah, uh, the positive with Rodgers not showing up for OTAs and mandatory minicamps, you're giving Jordan Love pretty much every single rep with the first-team offense. And that is just going to help Jordan Love in his development. So I'm not too worried about Rodgers. I still feel Rodgers comes back. I, I don't know if it's going to be for mandatory minicamps or it's going to be close to training camp. I think he holds off to training camp, and I think Aaron Rodgers is back as the starting quarterback for the Packers this year. So those are my thoughts. So I appreciate you all listening to this week's episode of Talking Sports with Evan. It's more or less not a, a great organized show, as I'm just kind of throwing a lot at you um, for this week's episode. Um, I appreciate it. It's only gonna it's gonna be a short, quick episode, but that's fine. If you want to find me, you can find me anywhere uh, podcasts are found: Apple, Spotify, Spreaker, you name it. And please rate, review my show, and let me know what you think. How can I improve? Coach Evan six six at gmail dot com. If you're looking to get healthy this summer. Talking sports with Evan at gmail.com to reach out to me via email, or you can find me on Twitter at Evan with Sports or on Facebook, Talking Sports with Evan. So, thank you so much for listening. Again, if you're looking to get healthy, lose some weight this, this summer, Coach Evan66 at gmail.com. I will get back at you next week, hopefully, talking about. The Bucks having the advantage over the Brooklyn Nets. Have a great and safe and wonderful weekend, and please stay cool.